Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Domini Drew is the premier in personal and relationship coaching. Her direct, intuitive approach is unlike anything else in the industry. She solves in mere minutes issues that people have struggled with for decades. She's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and Thrive Global for her work, and loves nothing more than facilitating powerful transformation for her clients. I am so happy to have our guest today, Domini Drew, who's going to talk to us about the dynamics of relationships. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored to be here. So I am really excited about asking you so many questions because (laughs) you work directly with men Mm -hmm. and you help men understand the dynamics of a relationship. Hmm. And me as a woman, I would just like to understand what they're going through. And when you talk to men, is there a perception that they think of depending on age? Like, is it different between a 40-year-old guy and a 20-year-old guy? And is there a difference in the age beliefs? Less than you might think. Yes, it is true that people will, you know, the, the trend is that people will evolve more as they age. They'll get a little bit more mature. But I've also found I work with people in their 20s all the way to people in their 70s. And while I do, I do actually work with women now as well. But for most of the time that I've run this particular business, I have it has been men only. And in that time, I've really found that there can be some incredibly emotionally mature 20-year-olds and some 15, 60-year-olds that are still stuck in the mentality of, of being very young. So while I think you'd you were correct in that there's a an overarching trend where a person will become wiser as they get older. Because people are so staggered in their emotional maturity or their wisdom as a whole, even just from childhood, it ends up from a single point. If you and I look at the male demographic now, it still looks quite staggered. It still can have a really super mature 20 or 30 year old and a 56 year old who's still blaming the fact that he's women today or, or however he's trying to like not really take responsibility for what it is that's, good, that's going on. And so those dynamics can really come out. So basically the wisdom and more like an acceptance of how life is versus how they want life to be. Yeah. It's how you hold those two things. Like the work that I do is around helping people attract the right relationship or improve their relationship through self-mastery. And so the work itself doesn't really have a lot to do with dating and relationships simply because most problems don't really originate there. You have personal problems that show up in your dating or relationship life. And so with the age piece, again, there's sort of that, there'll be a social component, but if a person is more evolved, even from a young age, they sort of see things differently. It's less of a maturity is kind of the only word I can think of in the moment. There's a maturity in the way they perceive things, the way they hold their issue. For example, if they do think that, you know, oh, I'm single because, you know, all these women just seem to be a mess, right? Or all these women are crazy or or whatever images they carry. And with that perspective, the way they're holding that issue makes them a victim because they're blaming it on women. And it's not women's fault, which is not to say they may not have had of really terrible women for them or objectively or whatever. It doesn't matter. Everybody's had those types of relationships, but they're seeing themselves as a victim of their life experience. And from that perspective, you can't fix it. So the shift would be in the the more evolved perspective that I'm referring to would be looking at the same situation where you attract women with, you know, maybe a lot of drama or craziness in their life or something like that. And you go, huh, I seem to be attracting women who have blank in common or who all seem to leave or who all cheat on me or who, whatever your pattern is. Same thing with women and men to men. Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, they go, huh, I wonder, I wonder why that is. That is something you can fix. And so it shifts you completely from a place of victimhood of childlike, eh, I'm helpless, help me to this like, wow, I'm, I'm creating something unintentionally. Let me take a look and see what might be there. And from there, that's, that's the road to self-mastery right there. Now, how do you think cultures reflect on 
the mentality of dating or what is expected. Oh, massive, massive differences. Have you, have you traveled internationally? Yes. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that attraction is cultural? No. What like, I, have you I, noticed? Explain this. This is curious. Like, have you, go, have you gone to some countries, the, the, the men are just all over you or men or women or, or whichever way you're inclined are all over you. And then you go to another country and like, they have no interest in you whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did so very I, well in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Interestingly. And I like, I speak some Italian and I I'm my background is Italian. I love Italy. I've spent time there. I've lived there for a while. Italy could not care less about me. No interest. Really? None. I, it was so nice <laughs> to be pursued. Like the men actually asked you for a date. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, that's always what I'd heard about that culture. And I was like, so excited. I was like, go there. I'm like, yes, they're going to be after they, they, I would just walk through a crowd of them. And I wasn't even there. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> but if I go to say Central America or South America, most places in South America, then I'm, I, I can like walk into a room and I feel the eyes, everybody's eyes shift to me. Like, it's just, it's just a different, and that, that's more of a cultural uh, sociological study. And I'd be fascinated to write that research paper on what it is that they find. But, you know, you look a certain way and I look a different way and one culture is drawn to one versus another. It's quite fascinating though. Yes. And I can see that in, like, when you go to South America or Central America, you're very different. And it seems like they're interested in something that's different. That I went to Italy. I look Italian. So it. <laughs> I'm not totally what I look at and they were all talking yeah. to me in Italian. I'm like, uh, I understand it because it's like Spanish, you know, I know Spanish. Mm -hmm. So, but it was, it was very nice to be pursued. I find the same thing in different parts of the country. Oh, yes. In New York, I never had a problem, you know, so in Chicago, not much. LA, well, mm. <laughs> but I love being here. Yeah. <laughs> so. You just go out shopping somewhere and then you bring the, the man back to LA. That's e exactly. How much do you feel? A man's upbringing, the mother figure, the father figure, influence on what they expect from a woman or a partner? That's a really great question. So there are a number of layers to what you're asking there. On one layer, and the level that I work on most closely, is that of psychological and deeper, right? The things that influence what attracts us, for example, or sabotages us without us realizing consciously. So every human experiences at a, at a very young age, a kind of a trauma or wounding experience, which may not seem like a quote unquote trauma from your adult mind now, be something that was experienced as a trauma from a baby or a child's perspective, which is not very difficult to do if you think about it, right? The example I give is if a baby is sitting, uh, lying in a, a crib and mom and dad or mom and mom, mom, dad, dad, whatever, are over the crib and they're cooing and you know, and a baby can feel that and feel safe and everything's fine. And then the phone rings and dad leaves and mom's still there cooing over baby and baby's fine. And then dad comes back in the room and says, honey, your sister's been in an accident. And mom goes oh, and leaves. Now that baby was never in any danger whatsoever, but from his perspective, he, um, you know, he, everything was safe. He was loved. And then suddenly boom, mom went into fear and left. Now that could potentially be a wounding experience for that child. It depends on the child and some other factors I won't go too far into. From that child, if they see that as like, oh my God, my life is in danger, then what he'll do is he'll draw a conclusion from that, right? And the conclusion will vary based on the, but it might be something like women can't be trusted or people will leave me or I'm not enough because children generalize their life experience. They experience one small thing and they decide that's how all of life is right like oh my god everybody's like this because yeah. i've had this much experience <laughs> and so that baby realizes that quote unquote about life decides it really but it feels like a realization and spends his life proving ooh, what proving himself right so so he spends his life after that conclusion proving that conclusion right because he is how life is he really believes that's how life is and so that's what he sees everywhere he looks like he's looking through a screen got it and everybody's screen is different. So then that baby, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years later, comes into my office and says, I don't know why, but every woman I've ever been in a relationship with has cheated on me. And I go, great, let's start there. Because it is those patterns that are created in your life. My relationships keep failing. I can't get past six figures in my business. I can't ever seem to get ahead. 
whatever it is that keeps happening is keeping you stuck is a result of those subconscious decisions. So you see, it's not because it's trustworthy that this man has had all of the untrustworthy ones. He's attracted to the untrustworthy ones because they match his version of reality that he doesn't even know he has. Someone once told me that in order to find someone that you're really compatible with is you have to pick someone that doesn't make you go all crazy the first day, like you really want them because you're attracting more of what exactly what you are. How true is that statement? I Not a percent. It's like trying to avoid the lessons. The one you're attracted to is the one who's right for you in that moment, which does not mean that's going to be your particular Prince Charming. It might be end in a big fiery, you know, <laughs> fiery mess. But that's the fiery mess that you were attracted to, if that makes sense. Like yes. that's the direction you wanted to go in order to learn whatever it wanted to learn. But if you go, huh, I've had three relationships and they've all ended in fires. You know, I'd like to have one that didn't. Great. What is that pattern bringing up for you? What is it? What, what is true about, about men? For example, if you keep having men that, that leave, oh, you know, men leave me or people leave me. There's something in your system that's being worked out through that. Attraction is really authentic. That's one of the main reasons that I work in that realm, that I chose that. Because you can't pretend it's not there when it is. And Very you can't true. pretend it is there when it isn't. <laughs> I have tried. I know. Uh-huh. I've tried that like, both ways. It doesn't work. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he's such a wonderful guy. And he's just the nicest guy. And I really like everything he does. I like how smart he is. And then there's like no passion. Yep. And no attraction. Yep. Such an amazing person. You want to, but it, it doesn't work to try to force yourself to. Yeah. And you try and talk yourself into it and it just, because it, it's not logical. So you're trying to reason your way into something that's a heart decision. So you're like over, over exercising the mind to get the heart to do something. And they're like, we're not connected. Like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, sorry, I got my own brain as they discovered yes. lately. I'm going to exactly do what right. I want. <laughs> yes. I want to go left. No, not left again. Okay. All right. Here we go. We're going left. <laughs> One of the things that I have come across with men is that they have a need. I need to be in a relationship. I need to have this. I need to have that. When it comes to me, I don't need a man, but I would want a man. To me, a need is a, like a chore mm. and a want is like a desire. And I know people interchange them, but can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. I haven't found that there's a big difference in that along gender lines, but there is a long evolutionary lines as far as inner evolution you're it's a more evolved place to sit to say i'm whole and complete in myself and i sure would love to have someone to go to cup right yeah that's a space where you are fulfilling your own needs this is actually the place where i, I help clients they're like oh I, I need to have a wife i need to have a girlfriend or women come to me a husband okay what are you seeking outside of yourself which you're not able or willing to provide to yourself which is not to say that if you really want to be in a relationship, that's necessarily a negative thing. There is a, sp a place you can come to where you're not fulfilling yourself through another. You are a whole being. We, we talk about my better half, you know, oh, she's my better half, right? And it's cute in the moment, but it's also like kind of really distorted because you're half a person and you're half a person together. You're one whole person instead of I'm a complete being and you're a complete being. And if we come together, we're, you know, that's when you can be truly partners as opposed to you have a need to fill and my fulfilling that need fills a need for me. And it's like, we're, we're sort of compensating for each other instead of really coming together smoothly. Yes. Cause I've seen it from both sides. It's like, well, I want to hang out three times a week. And the other one says, I want to hang, I want to see you every day or, and it's, you need breathing space to be you. In the yeah. beginning, it's always you want to see each other almost every day. Yeah. But it's not the reality, I feel, in a relationship to like put that yeah. stress. Oh, I have to go home or I have to do this or I have. If it becomes a have to, then I think the joy in the relationship is gone. Because there's pressure. Yes. And now it's become a chore yes. instead of a, something you want to do. Yes. I've worked with that a lot with men who are afraid to approach women. Any ladies listening out there, just so that you know, most men find most women terrifying. <laughs> I have heard that even from the strongest men, they go, I take oh, a yeah. deep breath and I ask her out and she says, no, I just come back and pretend I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
That's best case scenario. Or I go home and cry. (laughs) And it's okay to do that. (laughs) And it's really okay to do that. I've done that plenty. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think there's, there's really something in this, this is really bringing up sort of some, some gender lines, not only of, but of what it means to be rejected. I I find that women, not somebody who really feels strongly for women's issues in the sense of I've never felt particularly as a victim, as a woman. It's just never possible. I've just lived a life that hasn't come in touch with that. I understand it's definitely a thing for a lot of people, but it's also not really in my awareness. So again, we prove ourselves right. I don't feel that I'm treated any differently, particularly than as a woman. So it's never really quite resonated with me. The other reason it doesn't quite resonate with me when people when women sort of say, oh, you know, women have it, have it hard is the way I view it. Having worked with men for so long, women hold pretty much all the power in my view. And at the same time are going around being like, we have no power. Now, I also think that, that they also, and this, uh, you know, this, this is a, a controversial view and then hopefully it's okay whether it is or not, but we don't own our power. Like it took me a long time to, I, I used to be a mess of just insecurities and self-loathing and didn't like my body. And I, I felt I felt terrible pretty much all the time. And then as I did this particular work that I now teach, I've now blossomed into this just like really radiant. I, I just like, I like, like literally radiate like from the inside. I'm, I'm really secure in myself. And so that just like sort of comes out of me and you can feel it. And it's just, I'm really confident and I live this whole different life than I used to. And I watched that step in power from not feeling like I had any to realizing that I did. And now I look around and I see other women not realizing. I think they just don't realize that they have so much power the men, we, we just don't step into it. We don't it. And there's reasons it wasn't okay back in the day. And of course, I'm not saying there's, there's anything wrong with us now. Ladies are awesome. Just that I think we don't quite realize that we maybe hold most of the cards. I think we're afraid of it too. I, I know so. that as a woman, I, you know, then you start thinking, well, why is he here? A lot of it goes back to insecurity, but then you're like, well, do I want this? Am I afraid of the power? What if I have too much power? Do I misuse it? Am I, you know, it, you think of a lot of different things. I think women are very powerful, but I, I feel that sometimes we're afraid of it. I think that's a great, that's a great, it's reminding me, and I'm, I'm wishing I could remember the exact phrase, but there was just some meme on Facebook from just years ago. And it was just a, <clears throat> a picture of a, of a woman sort of facing away. And I think she was, she was naked and, and halfway in water, you know, to her waist and just said something like how different the world would be if every woman woke up and decided that she loved herself or she was worthy or something. And I just read, I just pictured it as I read it. And I was like, oh my God, the whole world would be different. The whole world would change in one day if I woke up and just decided she was worth it. Can you even imagine? I have a philosophy and I don't know. I mean, it's just from watching things. Mm -hmm. And I find the people that try to oppress you more are afraid that you have power. And so they have to oppress you in order to have power. To keep the control. But, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I find people that are powerful, that are calm and have their head together, if if that's okay to say. Yep. They don't, it's not a big deal. They don't have to prove they're powerful. They know they're powerful. Yeah. That's the shift then from like what I was saying with the insecurity of like, oh yeah, no, I'm perfectly, perfectly confident. Hey guys, look how confident I am to just sitting here and just being like, I just, I don't even need to, doesn't even need to be said anymore. There, I've come across people that I admire because to me, they have like a silent power. Mm. They don't have to say anything. Their essence, they stand with a lot of confidence and security, but yet there's a calmness to them. And that I love that silent. I love when I come across someone that I can feel that man or woman, you know, friend or someone I may be interested in, but I just love it. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. so nice to see because most of society, I think, is not like that. Yeah. So it's Quite a bit more scattered. Special. Yes. Yes. Now, I really want to ask you about this one because I was brought up with this philosophy, the knight in shining armor and the princess oh, yes. awaits. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I did that. Are you still doing it? No, <laughs> I have too many guy friends and I know that how they feel. And I'm, I was so hard on men thinking that they had to be a knight in shining armor. I'm not a princess. Why am I expecting that from them? I, you know, I learned. Well, take it from me, ladies. That's a hundred percent accurate. Just keep waiting. He's coming. No, I'm just kidding. Don't wait anymore. Yeah. It's really, it, it's just, as you said, and that's, I think that's the best, the best philosophy for it. We, we sort of, 
I've heard it a lot from the from the female's perspective in that type of thing, like, or I'm going to go live my life. Excellent. Go live your life by all means. And then there's also the male side of it of, boy, that's a lot of expectation. You know, we talk, we talk a lot about what men expect of us. We're supposed to, you know, virgin and the whore and young forever and thin forever and, but not too thin or fit, but not too muscular, you know, and, and we're Photoshopped everywhere. We're supposed to look like the Photoshop, which doesn't yep. exist anywhere. And, and it's like, and that's absolutely all hundred percent accurate, but we don't think about it from the male perspective. They need to be a gentleman, but powerful enough, masculine enough, but not too assertive because, you know, we want to be independent and strong. They have to make all the money, but share the power with us. They have to be super muscular and, and fit all the time. And also, you know, and also rich. And so, so we have all these sorts of things. So in the same way with the knight in shining armor and the princess, it does a disservice to the princess because she has to sit there and wait and it does a disservice to the prince who has to be on the right breed of horse or we're staying in our tower. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so I, I think that's a real thing to look at is if you're waiting for the right one to come along, which is not to say change your standards because the right one for you will light you up. The important thing is that it may not look the way you expect it to look. And if you close yourself off to everything but the way one thing looks, then that's a form of self-sabotage. Yes. I've come across people throughout my life is like, well, I only like this type of guy. Mm -hmm. And just recently I had a friend of mine who I know she liked a particular type of guy. And she now she found someone totally different, very much in love. They get along great. And I asked her, I said, but you used to only date a certain type of guy. And she goes, you know what? I found myself, I was limiting myself. And look at now, I just, I was so limiting myself. Yeah. And that was a, actually a nice aha moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I'm so glad that she discovered that. I don't know if it was her on her own or, or, or with someone, but that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge thing. We ladies, uh, we tend to like to have like deal breakers. Let go of all your deal breakers, all of them. If you think about it, you don't need a deal breaker, right? A deal breaker is like, oh, this guy has this thing in my head. I'm, I, I have, I'm carrying this. That thing is not okay, right? For example, you dated a guy that had kids, like a terrible father and the kids just ran wild and they were super obnoxious and you were like, never again, right? And so then another guy comes along and he has kids and you're like, nope, forget it. That's a deal breaker. It's out. Well, your problem isn't men who have children. Your problem is with men who have, don't raise their children well and have terrible children. That's something you don't want to deal with. Okay, fine. But if you make it the label of, oh, that's a deal breaker, then you take it off the table before you stop and look at it. If it's something you just naturally don't like, which is what a deal breaker is based on, mm -hmm. then you just won't like him. There's yes. no need for the deal breaker. You just won't be drawn. You'll be like, man, I feel like hanging out with these kids are terrible. I think I don't want to, I think I'd like to spend my time elsewhere. Thank you. And then you go and the next man of your wonderful children. And sometimes you could come across amazing kids and they actually, you just adore them. Absolutely. I didn't mind dating men that had kids. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I do mind what happened is they married someone way younger than them. They had kids. Now they're in their 50s, 60s with a five-year-old. At my age, if I'm going to date someone... I don't want to be a babysitter. Yeah. If they were older and teenagers, that's even great. You know, I could deal with a teenager. For some reason, teenagers really like me. I get along real mm. well with them. <laughs> like some of my friends would say, can you please talk to my kid? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. That's a great, that's a great yeah, talent and, to and have. It, right. And I write poetry and, the, and I looked at the demographics of who likes to read my poetry. It's 18 to 24. Interesting. Yes. I, I don't know. Maybe they like blunt people. <laughs> probably. <laughs> They're dealing with a lot of uh, uh, lack of clarity in their lives at that point. They're probably pretty happy to have somebody be like, here's how it is. Yeah, this is what happened. And you get over it. Yeah. You know? There was one thing that I find with relationships, male or female, that there is a need to feel safe. Mm. There's a want to be safe. I mean, there's a desire to be safe. So what is the difference between need, want, and desire and feeling safe when it comes to an, a relationship? There is that desire to feel safe. The main mistake made here is seeking safety from another. That doesn't work so well. It feels like it does. When you're with the man of your dreams, you feel safe. But in your human growth, as an adult person, it is your responsibility to your own, create your own 
safety. And when you're able to do that, then you feel safe regardless. You know that you are safe with another. In other words, it's the same thing as, as putting pressure on, right? When you when um, you approach somebody and you're really worried about what they're going to say, or you're putting them on a pedestal and you're like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. They're going to say no. And da, 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 da. There's so much pressure on that sweet little, like a little baby bird of, of an interaction, right? Of just like a hi, or like, wow, girl, like you look great in that or whatever. There's so much pressure because they're putting, they're making the other person responsible for their happiness. If a that's man a approaches lot, a that's woman- That's a big responsibility. That's a really big, and also by definition, impossible responsibility. That's like and the it, knight in shining armor. You're exactly. You're acting way too much. They're supposed to save you. Yeah. Which is not their job. No, it's not anybody's job. Not anybody's I, job. You know, the only person I think that I would save is, you know, some if, if I see someone getting hurt, doesn't matter if it's family mm -hmm. or whatever, a child I would definitely be very protective of. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And something that I find that is, would need my help. Yes. But as adults, I really feel that you need to help yourself. I really believe that we were perfect in the beginning and yes. that our mind just really messed with us. It's the job of the mind to protect us from harm because as a species, we're frail. It's not like we are, have yes. armor yes. on our backs. Really. Yes. No claws, no huge teeth, no, no. fang. Yep. No, we're very yes. frail. And so with the society always in our culture, and I think this is worldwide, always instilling fear, then I was it, I, I believe we talked and it was people have 6,000, at least 6,000 thoughts a day. Oh my gosh. I was talking with somebody and they, and I'm like, wow. And some of them are, I got to eat or I got to do this, you mm. know, some it's to actually help us. But that around 65, 75% of it was negative, was repeating our past history. I honestly, I, I imagine it's a higher percentage than that. You don't need to have a thought that you need to eat. Your body will show you hunger and you will feel hunger. Well, Unless you, you like to overeat. <laughs> and then, and the, but then the mind's coming in, something, something's coming in that's throwing off that natural balance. It's exactly right. It's, it's I'm not pretty enough. I'm going to have a cake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fix it. <laughs> I'm not, uh, no. I'm not, uh, I need a, a liquid courage. I'm going to have a drink and then I'm going to stumble over to that woman and ask her on a date. <laughs> it didn't work the last four times, but I'm feeling lucky this one. This yes. is going to be it. <laughs> you know, what was it? Einstein keep repeating the same thing. Uh, the, the, what is it? The definition of insanity is repeating the same thing, expecting a different result. Yep. And we do that. We really, really. And we think that it's us. It's, well, that's who I am. I really believe there's someone for everyone. So if there's someone for everyone, someone should just accept me as I am, <laughs> which is good if you accept yourself first. Right. And when you accept yourself, then it takes the pressure off of other people having to accept you, right? So there's no demand like, take me as I am or don't take me at all. A lot of people are single with that type of attitude, not happily single. Like they don't want to be single. I well, have seen that. Because that's defense. Mm -hmm. There was one guy I dated and it was online dating initially. And he was so freaking funny. He wasn't really my type, but he was so funny. I had to meet him mm -hmm. and I met him, but he treated dating like a business. More like I want this to happen like this and telling me what he was expecting from me and so I ignored the emails. I just kept ignoring them. And then he finally wrote back to me. He said, and this goes back to power. He says, I guess the ball is in your court. And I didn't want to date him anymore or see yeah. him. So I wrote, the ball has always been in my court. <laughs> <laughs> Smart woman. <laughs> yeah. I actually liked him. I thought he was funny. And, but this mentality that and that mentality in business is changing as well. You can't be like the dictator in a business because sure. you won't keep people. And that's how I felt he was treating the relationship. Like he had total control over it. And I had to see him when he wanted and he had time. <laughs> really? So, so that guy probably keeps getting that same response and probably has no idea why. But you know what? The one thing I saw that I think he had an aha moment was that I guess the ball is in your court. But he already had distanced me with all this contact I found negative. I didn't want to go there. 
because that's a work in progress. And I just didn't want to go there. Yeah, that's fair. This is why attraction is so beautiful. He's attracted to you. He's the best way he knows how the, the way he's expressing it is turning you off because there's distortion in it. He's trying to control. He's demanding. I have clients who do this and they keep being single and they can't figure out why. And I'm pointing exactly that out to them. Like you're putting too much pressure on to something that doesn't, that can't hold pressure yet. It's not a thing yet. Right. And so he keeps sabotaging just like, and, and so you reacted very organically. And I don't know, you know, when you first said that, I guess the ball's in your court, that sounded a little passive aggressive to me. Yeah. And, and like I said, he was actually a lot of fun. And if he wouldn't have gone there, I think I would have continued dating him. He, yeah. he was fun. He was funny. I love people that make, I love men that make me laugh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it was actually a good date, but then it's like that you have to do this. What? Yeah. Pretty, pretty sure I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. What even, th- what makes you think that you can tell me what to do in the first place? Yeah. So going back to, cause it seems like power is the biggest issue I'm seeing in relationships. Some people don't want to lose it. Some people want to gain it. So self-power is basically what we need to work on, huh? Well, and it comes vulnerability. I mean, the only reason you would not want to keep the power is that you're afraid of what would happen if somebody else has it or if you don't, right? I used to have major control issues. <laughs> I was always trying to like, not just control like other people, just like control life. Like I was always like out ahead of myself. I had a lot of sort of like anxiety and depression and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was kind of out ahead of myself, like worried about the future. I was like worried about what was going to occur, which I <laughs> can not possibly have any say over, right? Regardless, right? But it's just a way of living. It's a way of holding myself, a way of running my energy. And when I became aware of that through this work and started being like, well, what would just, oh, what would happen if I just didn't worry about how you took what I said, right? I mean, I, w- I would have been like, now I'm just very organically in the moment when you're speaking, there's no thoughts in my mind. But it used to be there were thoughts going on tape all the time. And I'd be worrying about what you're going to think about what I'm saying. And, and should I, oh, you know, did I wear the right shirt? And like, you know, just worry, worry all the time. Those what mind. ifs. Oh, it's exhausting. It is. It's exhausting. And none of it even exists. That's the thing. It's not yeah. even real. And we're all playing our own stories over and yes. over again on how they should act. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, it's all in my head. And I'm expecting someone to live according to what's in my head. Really? (laughs) And thus you're giving your power away because then if they don't do what you want, now you're unhappy. You, you, and and you're angry about your expectations. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And you're blaming the men or you're blaming the, (laughs) it's just your boss or where you live or your parents. That's a big one. (laughs) Yes. And there was something that I heard my parents constantly say was shoulda, coulda, would've. Or even though I wrote a poem like that, I don't want to use should have, could have, would have. We don't know. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. Let me just do. And so we're letting all these things, which literally actually don't exist. They are delusions. They are creating versions of reality that aren't actually tears. What's actually here in the moments, what's in your physical body. A lot of the work I do is helping people connect to their physical body and exist in it so that they can actually be in reality. You know, all of the insecurities I carried were things that I thought other people thought of me or things I thought of me. None of those are real. When I let all of those go, my mind became very quiet. And unless I was having like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch. I didn't have any thoughts. That's good. I still work on myself, not making sure. When I, when I see myself going somewhere, I'm like, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to stop. Nothing has happened. And then sometimes if you work yourself up like that, the person shows up and you're upset and they have no idea. Oh, Oh, I do that all the time. (laughs) Why why are you? (laughs) Why aren't you not upset? Don't you know how mad I am with you? What? No. (laughs) Didn't you do this? Uh, I didn't know I had to. (laughs) This is the first I'm hearing about any of this right now. Yes. You you worked out our whole evening in your head and now you're disappointed because it's not going the way you want it to go. Yep. Now, what would you, what is the biggest advice you could give men? And I'm going to break it down by gender. Sure. What would you, I don't know. I find men are so different. I don't know what I would directly say to someone to help you, but this is what you do. If you had to talk to a male in a general term, what would you say to be open to? Well, the thing that I would recommend is to see what's happening in your life that isn't working as something you're creating. Just toy with that idea. What if it were something you were doing, without meaning to, of course, that is pushing away the women? What is it that 
you're experiencing that you that you don't want and look for the place imagine you're creating it and see where where you might be creating it right women keep rejecting you is there a part of you that maybe is looking for that rejection or expecting that rejection before you even get it if you keep pushing women away is there a part of you that's trying to get them to get them to, to do something or be a certain way demand your about earlier where it pushed you away. Um, so exploring with that self-responsibility. Self-responsibility is incredibly powerful. It takes you from a place of total victimhood to a place of total empowerment. It makes the problem from unfixable to fixable. And so if you explore how you're creating it and then look at what the pattern is with women, what is it that keeps happening that's left you single in your life? or unhappy in your relationship at this point in your life, write those things down. You'll see a pattern begin to unfold and you'll be able to then have a jumping off point about, well, I, I mean, one died and then, you know, one cheated on me and left and one fell in love with somebody else. But the, the common denominator is, let's say they all left, right? Or something like that. And you find an underlying pattern that shows you what you believe and that's the thing that needs to be fixed. Does that make sense? It does. I can see it when you pointed out, you know, someone died on you. It's like, oh, that's a lot. And if everybody leaves you and one even die, that what kind of guilt would you feel <laughs> when you start writing everything down as people leave me even by death? Mm. I think that would be very hard on someone trying to find that out. Yes. About them. Seeing, seeing death as somebody leaving obviously it doesn't make sense so much to the adult mind, but it's from the child's mind, right? Everybody leaves, but it's not like you killed them. It's that you attracted that no, 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 experience. Or I, mean, I mean, they physically died without you doing anything right. to them. But it's, it's, you're, you're creating a similar experience and death might be a kind of leaving. Even staying, but being mostly gone would be a kind of leaving. You know, when you're like emotionally, she's not available anymore. It's like, okay, there's a type of leaving. And so in that way, you're kind of finding those those underlying. One of the things with, with you say leaving is that I've come across some guys and their friends and they said, well, I can't believe that she left me. And I said, well, did you work on the relationship? Did you do something? No, it, it should just be. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> It cannot just be because we're so different. Everybody's different. And the fact that you want and are willing to share your life with someone, even if it's for a brief moment, mm. that's a big deal. A big deal. I think that's big to want to share your life with someone else. And the last thing you need is someone demanding that you share your life with someone yeah. else. You know, slavery was gone a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Find the same thing with women, the very expectations. He has to do this and he has to do that and he has to help me. No, they, they, they can help you out of the kindness of their heart. If you're living together, you should be supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the perceptions of expectations. Expectations leads to probably nine. 90% of human unhappiness. There, there was, there was a, a little quote that I saw about that. It was something like happiness equals life minus expectations. Reality. <laughs> I think I've seen that. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. <laughs> it's really excellent. And it's true. When I stopped, because I've done a lot of work, because I've, I believed in that knight in shining armor, because I was raised that yeah, way. Yeah, me too. The man is the one that comes and takes care of yeah. you. So I really believe that fairy tale forever and it's BS. Mm. Some people have a guy that's very romantic, but you can't expect that if they're a good person all the way around. Yeah, or if you, I, I or if you want a more a... romantic one, go find a more romantic one. But it's very important to accept the one you've got. And I think that women get lost on that. Mm -hmm. Well, they compare. And I think the same thing with men. Um, they compare, well, this couple is doing mm -hmm. well and they do this for each other. And I think the comparison to other couples that you think are a good couple is a problem. Yeah, that's a real Because they're call. in your social group. Yep. And also, you don't actually know if they're doing well or not. Even if they're saying exactly. they're doing really well or they seem to be going doing really well, you don't actually know. Don't judge your insides by other people's outsides. I like that one mm -hmm. too. <laughs> Pulling all the quips out today. <laughs> and women, because we, we talked about the perceptions of men, but what would you tell a woman if she had to find out more about herself? I mean, there's also, there's always self-work in either mm -hmm. gender, yeah. a thing that happens often or a situation that comes up often. Yeah. Regarding the you know, women can size I just gave to men just just as well. That's not really gender specific at all. But something that is specifically for the ladies is one of the things I notice is women cutting down their men, finding their men insufficient. 
whether it's uh, like nipping at, like, you know, kind of like always, you know, a, a little, a little nagging or a little, like, I think it comes out of control. So they're, they're trying to like, ugh, like, let me fix your hair. Like, why, why are you wearing that? What are you, it's like, and I, I became a lot more successful in relationships when I figured this out, which was, I just stepped back and let the man be who he is. Let him wear what he to wear. I had a, I have a client I'm working with now who's a mother to two children. She has her husband and she was talking about how unsafe the husband was when he ate. And he's like, oh, and she, he just shovels food and it's, it's too much. And sitting there listening, and I, I voiced this a minute later of just being like, he's eating. And that's a very only has to do with me experience. And you're going in and trying to control the way this man takes in his food. And men seem to let us do that a fair amount or don't know what to do about it. And, you know, we're, we are in our, at our core, we are good at, at improving and being like, oh, hey, why don't you try that? And we are kind of the lighting the fire of like, let's make our life better oftentimes, which is great. But the flip side of that is this always cutting down. And then we, we cut them off at their, at their knees by telling them by, or indicating in our tone. And then we're disappointed in them that they're not taller, <laughs> right? We're disappointed <laughs> that they're not more like standing their power and just here, let me take you in bed. Well, you spend all day like telling them, enough. He doesn't feel at the end of the day, like a, you know, he wants to ravage you in bed because he, he feels inadequate, right? There is a way, and I've gotten this from men I've dated since I solved it. I think it's probably the best feedback I've ever gotten in a relationship. And the guy said, you know, you treat the person you're with like a, like a man, a real man. And so stepping back and giving them their space, releasing control, let them rise or not rise. If it's something, something that really bothers you, then you go and you talk about that one thing, but don't let constant, always Nagging. Oh yeah. Always trying to control little, little bits. Instead, release your fear, which is what's underlying the control, right? Oh man, I'm really afraid he's going to choke. Okay. That's my fear. I'll go ahead and deal with that. I also feel that women are a little bit like men because men want their partner to look good. I don't want to show you mm -hmm. off. And I feel that sometimes women, you know, nitpick like mm -hmm. that. Nitpicking is not good on any level, yeah. but they want them to look good because they want to show them off. Sometimes I think men think of it as nagging where we're actually proud of you and would love to look at how good you look. I want people to see you that way, not in uh, your sweats. Yes. So if that's the case, then what I would say was say what you need to say. There's still no need to nitpick. You could sit them down with intentionality and be direct. I find men respond really well when women are really direct. Like I just find that they just calms our system. They don't have to figure out. And you could go, hey, listen, just what you just said. That was a beautiful, was beautifully said. Listen, I really liked the feeling of like showing you off when we go out because I, you know, I love how well you look and da, 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 right. When you're in sweatpants, it makes me feel I wonder would it be possible to like for us to like dress up together when we go out to a certain place or you know whatever but then you just boom here's what I would like you might not get it but definitely ask and then see how that energy of the nitpicking that cuts down isn't there it's not like ugh, I, I'm disappointed in you everywhere we go because you're wearing sweatpants <laughs> right like that's like oh now what do I do to you <laughs> like they, they want to make you happy yeah. like <laughs> Well, my mom once told me she had me we used to live as when I was a kid by we used to live by an orphanage. And she said, Look at them. And I said, Why? They have wrinkled shirts, like nobody cares about them. Oh, so now I never wear wrinkled. And I have been one of those that I've gone to my boyfriend and said, Hey, that shirt's wrinkled. Yeah. Well, I want to wear it. No, that shirt's wrinkled. You can't wear it. And then eventually it got to the point where why I go, because I care about you. And to wear a wrinkled shirt to me looks like I don't care about mm. you. So then I, I was able to iron the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Take that damn thing off. <laughs> that's You are not going to look like nobody cares about you when you're with that's me. That's so beautiful. So you could see how it was coming out in like a, a controlling way. But the impulse was, I love you so much. And the distortion that was in your system without you realizing it was wrinkled shirts mean people don't care. So you can see your, yeah. your, your little piece was like working its way out through the relationship, but as long as you communicated about it and that's so that works through so many things is communicating directly. Yeah. And that's something I heard when I was about five years old. Isn't that powerful? I mean, the shit that we came in the back of our it's just that operates. I mean, we're, we're on autopilot. We're, we're like a puppet on strings and we're, we're both the hands holding the strings and the strings and the puppets, <laughs> but we only know that we're the puppets. It's like, it's, it's very. And it, and it is. And it wasn't until he wore a wrinkle shirt that I said, 
it, it just was like, okay, it went back to what my mom said. It's like, no, if people don't care about you, that's when you dress sloppy. That's when you wear wrinkled clothes because you don't care about yourself. It's not true. It's just some people are just don't care about <laughs> some people don't care about wrinkles. <laughs> what they're yeah. wearing. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? And how like an evolved and emotionally mature person you are, and still just that little story from oh, this means this, a little, a little link. If this has to mean this, there's a have to, right? Instead of like, oh, wrinkled shirts can lots of things. We're not going anywhere if you're wearing a wrinkled yeah. shirt. I don't hint, I usually say, and it's funny because men are also very blunt about what they say, but sometimes they don't watch how they say it. If they say, instead of saying, that's not my taste or say, oh, I don't like that. I give guys do-overs. <laughs> I do. I said, okay, that sounded a little mean. You want to rephrase that before I get pissed off? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the clock is like ticking down next to you. Like you have 10 seconds. <laughs> I know. I should put that that sound in my phone. So I can go tick, 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 tick. <laughs> That would, that would put humor into that situation. <laughs> well, humor and fear, you know, in, in an excellent balance. <laughs> yeah. Have a do. I think guys should have do-overs because I think sometimes they just say something and it comes across different. We read so much into we it. We really do. And if you think about it, even the way that's phrased, I read into it. It's I'm, I'm looking for something because I'm looking through my screen. So in your screen. So a guy says something to both of us and we're both looking at different things that are what that meaning is. And it's like, how can we navigate? And then they wonder, they're like, oh, women make no sense. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> like, that's not they're so scary. direct. Yes. That's why I give them do-overs because I appreciate the directness mm -hmm. over not saying something. You know, they do that deep breath. <sighs> mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I rather have that and give them a do-over and just call it a yeah. day. Yeah, well, because you're giving them the benefit of the doubt in like a, a, a cute, like, you know, way that's kind of your style. You know, yeah, do you want to try that over again? <laughs> do you want to maybe give that one another go? <laughs> but if whatever it is, you know, women get into these relationships and they stay and they stay and they stay or they don't say something because, you know, they often feel that they can't. They're incorrect. They can, but they feel as though they can't. And then stuff starts to build up and now there's resentment. And now there's all of these things that are happening. Whereas, and now they're in a negative relationship, but the relationship didn't need to be negative. It's just built that way because you've kept quiet so many times when your system said, speak, stand in your power and speak. This is your life. Don't hold your tongue and then, bl and then blame victimhood of women. That's, that's not a thing. You can step right out of that. I'm not saying. Now, what about the opposite of that? Where I've seen women keep telling the guy and telling the guy and telling the guy. And then they break up and he goes, I, I, what happened? I'm like, she's been telling you over and over, but it's like they shut it out and not take it seriously. Or they may not know what to do about it. And so out of fear, they are overwhelmed. They could shut it down. I'm being a too. So two people, you know, all the delusions, all the distortions we're talking about, the beliefs you didn't even know you had. That was just a little simple, innocent one. And it already caused something you're like, and this is happening times two because the woman's got all this going on and the man's got all this going on. And, and so this is what makes relationships. So, well, you can fill in whatever word there you want. I say it fascinating, but also <laughs> terrifying and awful could also fit there <laughs> depending on how you see it because of that level of complexity. Since it is so complex, I'm amazed we even come together. It's kind of amazing, right? <laughs> it is. It, what it takes to get to a relationship and especially one that works, yeah. you're really defying, defying, mm -hmm. <laughs> defying the odds, defying the Big odds. Time. It's just, there's so much for with it. I figure the best thing I could do is just listen and learn. And if it doesn't work for me, then, then it doesn't work. It doesn't mean anything about me. And that's hard because you do always go back to your little stories, yeah. change that story. Yeah. And self, self-awareness, exactly. Self-awareness, I think it takes you, you know, it gives you the, the very best chance, very best chance at success. Is there anything else you would like to tell the audience? You have been amazing. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. <laughs> I did have a last thought because you brought up uh, an excellent point of situation where the woman's told the man the same thing sort of over and over and over again, and it's not being heard. You can't make someone hear you. At some point, if that person can't hear you, they can't hear you. It's also worth noting though that if there's something you need to say and you say it that the next time you say it like I would vary it I would say hey 
I mentioned this before. This is a problem for me. I need to, you know, I need to communicate this to you. I need something. I need an adjustment here. You know, are me right and and escalate that. Like like when you're you know training an animal, right? I rode horses for a very long time, and you can't if you gave mm-hmm. the give the same instruction just the same way over and over again. They learn to tune you out. So you escalate a little. Fido, come. Fido, I said. Fido, come. And then the fourth time you go. Mm-hmm. Fido, and you bring him to your feet and you say, hey, come and since the training, right? Uh, and, and humans are the, exact, are, are the exact same way in the sense, let them know. You know, I've been in relationships where I was starting to feel like I was going to leave. And I said, we've had this talk a lot. <laughs> Notice my tone gets like very clear. <laughs> and yeah. I want you to know I'm thinking of leaving because this problem isn't getting fixed, right? And so just being very like, just so you know, I'm on my way out the door. Just so you know, I'm packing my bag, right? Sense of your, your goal is to be, and then if he doesn't hear you through all that, he doesn't hear you and you need to go find someone who does. Because I've noticed most couples that have that situation happening, they do end up breaking yeah. up. I don't think I've had any of my friends that said they don't hear me. They don't hear me. I've talked to them. Or when you try to talk to them and they get that defensive. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about this. That's your problem kind of attitude difficult for the person to be able to want to talk then yeah and that's that's also a thing i, I would for me i would point that out and be like hmm, I'm, I'm noticing some defensiveness you know is this bringing something up for you i've also done this work for a very long time so it's very difficult to trigger me now so <laughs> this might be a little bit like how on earth do i do that i would never have been able to do any of that i would have just reacted and gotten defensive back made a whole mess of it so if that happens that's okay but as much as you can be honest with yourself and speak from that place it's very difficult to get defensive against that but if you come out, which is why I say vary the way you say it, because it's possible that you're like, hey, oh, are you going to wear that wrinkled shirt again? Cool. Right. And you kind of make a joke out of it. And then maybe he doesn't realize that you're serious. And then you say that 20 times and he just thinks you have a running joke. And then you go to your friends and you're like, I've told him 20 times. Now I'm leaving. And he's like, what just happened? Do you know what I mean? So like there are sort of ways that you it's hard to be aware of sort of how something's coming out in you. But the clarity, clarity and self-honesty will take you most of the way pretty much every time. I think that's helped me a lot in relationships to really see that I come with my own baggage and I shouldn't expect someone to live up to my baggage. Because you do. Even if your baggage is incorrect, you expect someone to live up to it. So I want to say thank you so much. You are so amazing. I love having you on the show. Yay. And we'll come back and talk about other things. I really like what you work on besides the couples. So thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for being on the show. Thank again. you so much. Before you leave, what's your uh, website so they can contact Absolutely. you? My website is just my full name, dominiedrew.com. I'm happy to send you a link. If you'd like, you can post it in the in the show notes if you'd like to put it there. Um, but please don't hesitate to reach out. And if people are interested, I'd be happy to offer a free call to anybody who comes to me through the podcast. Just let me know. Please let me know if where they came from. Just let me know this is where you saw me. And I'd be happy to get on the phone and chat with about how I can help. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much for offering such a beautiful thing to our listeners. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates.